0: Welcome to the Hope Community Church Podcast. This is Drew, one of the pastors here at Hope. We're glad you're here today. We're talking about something that I think will be really helpful. Um, I'm excited just to learn some things. We have Maddie and Paul here. Uh, they're going to share maybe quickly about who they are. Hey, thanks. Thanks for coming, friends. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's Maddie's first time on a podcast. It's a big deal. Yeah. Paul's been on tons of them, yeah.
1: right? You're probably sick of hearing my
0: voice at this point. We are. Yeah. So we'll just be talking to Maddie this morning. Makes sense. <laughs>
1: um,
0: and we're actually going to talk, uh, they le- they led a class recently, um, uh, just kind of how, how to read the Bible, why to read the Bible, and uh, it sounded really interesting, and I know people who were really encouraged by it. Um, and I thought, what a great way to encourage many other people. So today we're just going to do a quick journey kind of through the things they found most helpful and hopefully many other people will find this helpful. First of all, let's introduce just so we get to know you in a couple seconds. Maddie, why don't you go first?
2: Yeah. Uh, my name's Maddie and I'm a second year intern here at Hope and been coming here for about four or five years or so.
1: Wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks. Okay.
1: Paul. Yeah, I'm Paul. I am uh, also a year two intern here at Hope. I think I've been here maybe two, three years, four years? Who I don't know, apparently. <laughs> and I am uh, married to my lovely wife Allison. We have a dog, Sage. We live in St. Paul. Sage? I don't think I knew your dog's name, oh, yeah. Sage. Look, she's oh, very wise, so oh. it fits. All right.
0: Well, speaking of that, what, uh, let's get to this, because there's lots of really good stuff we want to get after here. Um, let's just start with kind of what, what did you teach through this course? You did a six-week course. Uh, kind of, we call it Ed Hours here at Hope, like Sunday mornings, um, got people together. What was it that you're teaching
2: in those six weeks? Yeah, our kind of main hope with the class was just to help people become more fully devoted followers of Christ by learning to read, study, and interpret the Bible for themselves. Um, So we talked a lot about why to read the Bible, what is the Bible, um, help people when, what do you do when you don't understand something, and talking more about how do we apply God's Word to our lives as well.
0: That's great. That's a lot of stuff. That's a whole lot of stuff. Um, what What made you do that? Why did you want to do that? Because you could pick up, did you have the option to pick any topic you wanted to teach on? I don't think so. I think we were encouraged to
1: try teaching this one. And, and <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and why, and I assume you are both passionate about this, knowing yeah. you. So why is this one that you're so passionate about?
1: Yeah, I think for me, I came to faith later in life and um, just just getting engaged with the scriptures and having people help me to read it for myself has been one of the biggest parts of my faith journey and I just have fallen in love with God's word and I like to encourage others and help them to, to see the beauty of reading it for themselves as well. That's cool so for you the just scripture is so important
0: do you want to talk a little more about that like why why would you, why is this figuring out what scripture is and how to read scripture is so, you think is so important to
1: the to walk to the walk of a Christian yeah it's a good question um, one thing that always really encouraged me uh, I think about it a lot when I'm thinking about why read the Bible why should we? Um, is uh, there's, this, there's a scene in Jesus' early ministry when he is being, he's tempted, he's led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, and he's tempted. Uh, and we see the importance from him of, of knowing and understanding God's word. So this is in Matthew 4, where Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Um, I'll just read it and make a few comments. So it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So right there, something that always stood out to me is we see... Jesus basing his whole life and ministry right here on the scriptures when he cites uh, Deuteronomy 8.3. I think it's actually, it might be wrong, the wrong citation that I wrote here. Anyway, he's quoting Deuteronomy. Uh, he's pointing out God's people will live on God's word even more than food itself. So for Jesus, God's word, and, and particularly at this time, the Old Testament scriptures is all that was written at this point. Uh, even though he's speaking the scriptures, ironically, right here. Uh, are are what he's based in his life on. So the law, the prophets were his life. And so the passage continues. Uh, It says, The devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, the tempter said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. The wild thing here is that the devil actually quotes Scripture to Jesus. This is from the Psalms. Uh, But Jesus answers him. It is also written, verse 7, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So again, Jesus using the Scriptures uh, to to thwart the the tempter. Verse 8 continues. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, the tempter said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Uh, So just another passage where Jesus um, rebukes the devil with the scriptures uh, and bases his life and ministry on the scriptures and on God's truth. Um, and so he does not and, and I, like, I was encouraged so should I and so can I uh, I sometimes think about it an oxygen mask like the, the scriptures are an oxygen mask that gives us uh, what we need to be reminded of this the realities of God's world but also we see in this passage that God's word Guards us in this life by reminding us of the truth and helping us to discern falsehood Uh, And from that it also directs our worship and obedience because it is that outside authority It's God speaking to us to help us understand this world to know him and what it means to walk with him So it's yeah that's the ways that I in my own life and ways we try to encourage people in the class Is that we can build our lives on the scriptures because it is God's word to us uh, and helps us to see this world and interpret it rightly. It's not a it, you're saying it's
0: not a thing we can skip if we want to follow Jesus. We can't say, well I won't do the scripture thing, but I'll do the Jesus following thing cuz to follow Jesus is to Use scripture as he did, learn Scripture as he did. Um, I think that passage is incredible because Satan tries to use Scripture. He knows Scripture, tries to use it, and then Jesus correctly interprets and uses Scripture. Yeah. It's fascinating that that's the like battle they have there is with Scripture. I mean, and the use of it and and knowing it. Oh, that's really cool. So if we believe that's true. Um, that we that scripture is important which we do otherwise we wouldn't be talking with you about how we can better study the Bible um, then what are some of the challenges because I think it is really hard to just say read your Bible okay boy, wh- what does that mean what am I supposed to do with that um, what would you say are some of the challenges that hopefully um, you got to address which we will get to address now um, what are some of the challenges though basically that people run into when they say I do believe that's true Scripture's necessary, what do I do
1: now?
2: Yeah, so I didn't become a believer till my freshman year of college and I'd hardly ever read the Bible at all. So I cracked that thing open and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> um, and so it was pretty challenging for me. Um, I've learned a lot through college and stuff still learning. But um, one of the resources I used in this class a lot was Jen Wilkins' book, Women of the Word. And even if you're not female, I would really encourage you to read that book. It was so helpful to me. Um, and in the book, she talks about A few myths about studying the Bible And I thought these were really great Um, One of them that she said is We believe sometimes that studying the Bible Should just be something we know how to do Intuitively, if I'm a Christian I should just Open it up and know how to do it And I think when we have that belief That can be really discouraging Then When we open it and start reading it And we're like I don't know (laughs) what this is saying And I have no idea but I'm telling myself I should just know how to do it Another myth she talked about was that um, the Holy Spirit will just open the message to our hearts and no doubt the Holy Spirit definitely helps us as we read and we should be relying on the Holy Spirit but um, the Bible is complex in a lot of ways and was written a long time ago so we do have to study it and work hard at that. Um, Another one she talked about yeah kind of already mentioned it but studying the Bible requires no study methods at all. We know that for school we need to learn how to study and do it well, and she kind of argued, well, that's the same with studying the Bible. We gotta learn how to learn to study well. Um, another one I think we can a myth we can fall into is that the Bible is a book about us. Um, and we just crack it open when we want answers about our life or what to do in this certain situation. And her point is that the Bible is actually a book all about God, and um and we should read it in that way too, and we can answer those questions of who am I from what what God says, but I think we need to know that it's about God. Yeah. Start with that first. Um, And then a couple more. She says, my heart should guide my study of the Bible, just kind of how I'm feeling and those kind of things. And then... Uh, I kind of already mentioned it, yeah, but the Holy Spirit's insights during a quiet time is enough for me. Um, yeah, so we just tried to in this class focus on how do we encourage people and give them resources. Of where can I turn and look to when I don't know how to do this? Or I think something else I've believed is like I need to carve out two hours because I gotta study this book and that book and this to figure it out. And um, I've learned a lot about I don't have to study a whole chapter at a time too. I can take three verses and really dive into that. Why do I have to study a whole chapter? So yeah, we just tried to make it a little less overwhelming for people to help them be a little bit more tangible.
0: Yeah, as a per- for myself, as a person who's a feeler, I, for a long time, I just would hear, you need to have a quiet time, and then I'd open my Bible and sit. I never felt like doing it, and I thought, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and it the feeler in me was, this doesn't feel right or good, or I read it and I don't have like the moment, I'm not having visions, or I read stuff, and I guess I know some more about God, or I don't know, and so then it that fades quick. And then I go, like, this isn't doing I'm not feeling the feels. I've just heard stories of people having miraculous things happen. And, um, and so you get real discouraged real quick. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That was another thing we talked about in the class was like we help try to help people define what is a successful time with God, mm-hmm. and it's not the cloud nine moment. I'm on a spiritual yeah mountaintop with God, and only then is that a success. And you're like, no, that's yeah. not what it means to and have And you a say that personally,
0: you both. your <laughs> times like you are just reading scripture because you know this is like life Mm -hmm. giving and you you don't leave with like a big mountaintop probably more i would guess more often for me it's more often than not Mm -hmm. i think like i know this is important and and i'm gonna learn something
1: from it but i don't leave like glowing or anything yeah. it's, it's amazing sometimes, sometimes in those moments where you read to read because you know it's God's word to you that later maybe you didn't have the mountaintop moment but later God calls it to mind in a moment that you need it mm-hmm. uh, and you're reminded of it which is a cool, cool yeah. thing that the spirit does and the, and the relationship you're having with God mm-hmm. that's a
0: covenant relationship that's about like being faithful there's actually something really important about continuing to pursue him even when it doesn't feel right. Uh, otherwise, you're not actually really in a, you're not acting like you're in a covenant relationship. Uh, if that happened in my house with my wife, that would be really bad for our house. If I only pursued her when it felt good to pursue her, right? That'd be bad. That's how marriages struggle. So it's. I think that's really important. That took me a long time. I don't know if I heard that for a long time. I probably heard it and didn't hear it. People said it. I remember thinking, oh, I just have to do this? I just have to be obedient? And it's not going to feel right? That's Huh, that's different than, than what I like, why I got into this thing. Because yeah. it felt really cool in the beginning and then it died. And then I kept buying new versions of the Bible and like cooler, like different journaling ones and like different study ones, thinking so if you yeah. found the right one, it would like unlock the magic. And they just have a shelf full of Bibles and you look like you read the Bible.
1: <laughs> was, that's was a story with my wife, as she had a season where she wasn't getting highly encouraged with the scriptures and she just persevered and is in a season now where she's loving God's word she texted me last night I love the Old Testament and it's just <laughs> Sometimes I think the life of faith sometimes is those small moments of perseverance when we aren't feeling it Yeah, um, yeah. God uses those a lot which is
0: cool yeah. Well, I mean, talking about that, I think it's important to think what are some ways that we might mistakenly go um, in reading the Bible, or some maybe unhelpful ways. Because okay, so we believe it's necessary, we understand like these are some ways; these are some challenges. But okay, I still want to do this though, but we don't want to just we don't just run after it because I'm sure there's ways to approach it that aren't helpful. Yeah. Do you have some of those ways that would be helpful for us to think about?
2: Yeah, this is again, Jen Wilkin. Some. Of- the things she mentions in her book, she she kind of gives each of these approaches uh, different names. So one of them she calls the Xanax approach, where you just treat the Bible as if it exists to make you feel better about yourself. So success, kind of like what I was saying is yep. wow, this is just mountaintop experience and I'm good with God because I feel on cloud nine kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, another approach is the magic eight ball approach, she calls it, where you kind of just give your Bible a shake, crack cracker open, and <laughs> all right. And ask it my question <laughs> crack Bible open and take yeah. an answer yeah. and she talks about how the Bible when it was written it's not just to serve our whims and whatever we're asking of it just to get our answers from it uh, the telephone game I think this is one that um, I can definitely fall into myself where we read books about the Bible instead of actually reading the Bible yeah. Or she yeah. talks about how we're called to love the Lord with all of our mind and she's like not John Piper's mind or not you know different insert famous pastor's True. minds yeah. like God's asking us to love him with our own mind mm-hmm. um. Yeah, so I've been challenged too, and like immediately when I don't understand, I don't need to just crack open a study something or what someone else said. I should try to work through it on my own before I immediately go to that point. And then the uh, one more, the Jack Spratt approach, she calls it the picky eating, where I'll read the New Testament and some of the Psalms, but I basically just avoid the Old Testament altogether because it's hard and Mm -hmm. it's kind of scary. And um, how she just talks about all of Scripture is God breeze and good for us to know and study and read um, yeah
0: that's really good that's helpful I think all of those I would guess a to everyone in some way, the uh, the ape. I love the idea of the eight ball one because it really feels often like I need. Well, I mean, to the to the point of like you can look, you can search like Google search. I'm feeling sad. Bible verse about sad. Yeah. And Then it gives me a few and I can read them and it says like, don't be sad. Yeah. God's good. I'm like, oh good, okay. Right. Uh, it's interesting how your Bible study can all be based on that. Not that mm-hmm. it's not good to go to the scripture about mm-hmm. where you're at. Yeah. But yeah. you, the, and you could miss like whole, you can miss like whole narratives and whole, area, whole things God's teaching His people, because you just have the quick. Like, just don't be that. That's good. That's very common. Well, what are some uh, tips to help us maybe better approach the Bible? So let's think. What are some maybe overarching themes or thoughts so as we enter in now, we we have a better picture. We're not going because it it's our eight ball or because it's the telephone game or these other approaches. What, what would be helpful as we kind of enter into this now?
1: Yeah. the um, Something that's been really encouraging to me is to just look into stories more and that human beings were kind of wired for a story. And the, the cool thing about the Bible is it is this grand story of God's grace uh, kind of all throughout. Uh, and we see it a lot in the Old Testament. That even in the Old Testament, he's pointing to what he's going to do in Christ. And so I think it can help us a lot to get context of a passage. To think about the passage in the overarching lens of the story of the Bible. So for example, I, I brought up the passage in Matthew 4 earlier. Where does that fit? into the Biblical timeline. So some of the major events that we talked about in the class of the Biblical timeline were creation. Um, things are good and we have the fall and sin enters the world. Um, the different judgments of Noah or Babel and but then right after Babel God promises that to Abraham all nations will be blessed through through you, who, which Paul actually tells us in Galatians is Jesus that he's talking about. Um, then we have Israel and Exodus and and the law comes, and, and King David, and, and the prophets, and exile, um, and the story of Israel is really rich and pointing to Jesus. So in Matthew four, uh, that plays a huge picture because in Matthew four, we are we know from the Old Testament that Israel has kind of fallen short. Um, but God is promising a Messiah that will actually bring the Holy Spirit with and mm-hmm. power and will, will right the wrongs of the world and, and will conquer sin and death and um, bring all peoples of all nations to himself. And in Matthew 4, we're kind of seeing that this might be the guy. Jesus mm-hmm. might be the guy. And actually, uh, what's cool about Matthew 4 is he goes into the desert. He's kind of identifying with the nation of Israel and the different temptations they faced in the wilderness, but he... Succeeds. And so we learn even right there from Matthew 4, and as we continue in Matthew, that it's actually Jesus the, is the one who will defeat the devil, who will not sin, who will obey God perfectly, and who ultimately will become God's true king through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. He's the one that, the promised Messiah that the prophets were talking about, and that he's the one that will bring the restoration and rule over God's people uh, and succeed where uh, Israel fell short and. And he's the one that is the true king and shepherd that God was pointing to and talking about all along the way in the Old Testament, who's ushering in this age of restoration uh, that is to come and that we're kind of a part of right now, even this ministry of reconciliation that God gives us. Um, undoing that curse of Genesis 3 and freeing us from sin's power in our lives. And that's all just from pinpointing that Uh, passage in Matthew in the context of God's great story in the Bible um, which is just like for me when I'm thinking about that is so encouraging to me to see that God was at work all throughout history and then he did it in Jesus and now is at work in our lives, and and so that always encourages me when I'm coming to the scriptures to think about the context and how does it fit into the story that God's telling, and and how do we see it um, kind of continuing on now in our lives. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And just the, I mean, if the if the goal is to learn uh, to open our Bibles to better understand who God is, and out of that we can learn who we are and what we're to do. Um, when you when you understand all of that connection, just from this Matthew four passage, you hear. About wilderness, if you saw wilderness and you went like, where else is wilderness talked about? And you start hearing, you start learning about Exodus. You start learning about all these places where people, God's people, were in, uh, like, in a very desolate place and had nothing, and only God provided them nourishment and life. And you start going like, oh, God has has always been there to provide and pursue His people and love His people. And you realize throughout history, God has continued to be faithful to His people. Which is way more encouraging to me than just that's cool. By that Jesus knew how to use Bible verses to debate. Like he's a good apologist, but he actually he actually this is a way bigger story here, which makes Jesus just bigger and richer and uh, which that for me when it that kind of unlocked a little bit, I started thinking oh I should read the Old Testament because I bet it'll make Jesus sweeter. And actually it made all my New Testament reading a lot sweeter, and not even sweeter, but I actually understood things. When weird weird things happen, I was like, I don't know, that's weird. I guess it's just weird. And then you went, oh, that's because it's referring to this thing.
2: Yeah, Another practical thing that's helped me, I got pretty big on context since Mm -hmm. being in LDI at Hope, and um, I've been so surprised at how much just learning about what's happening at the time Mm -hmm. that the book was written or what they're referring to in the Bible, Uh, looking back at in history, what was happening at that time Mm-hmm. so I've used um, the Bible Project videos a lot yeah. that's been one really easy I think uh, not overwhelming thing that people can do is go on BibleProject.com or whatever and get the I love how they give the overview of the whole mm-hmm. book that they're talking about and they will mention what was going on at the time and it just gives a quick couple minutes I watch that before I start reading a certain Those book are really the helpful. Bible. they
0: even have an app called Read Scripture oh, know um, that. that has a year, like a year long plan and every day you can just the mm-hmm. app will just tell you like today's the day and, and the app has all those videos built in mm. so Sounds you can watch cool. like the Matthew one and then you yeah. read it has the passages oh, yeah. already built for you it's awesome and um, that stuff helps me and having it like notify me on my phone yeah. um, but they have all their videos in there and those videos have been so helpful mm-hmm. because I can start reading Matthew and get lost and like right. this is weird and then I spend like my time thinking about how weird this thing is yeah. and am being discouraged or like just happy that I figured something weird out and then and losing like well actually I don't want to lose like the overarching what we're actually learning about Jesus and who yeah. he is um, that's really good yeah there's a the episode, I think it's called read scripture um, and it's a partnership with like them and Francis Chan or something just a way to get get more people in cool. the word that's awesome. Um, I mean, those, we actually just had this speaking of context moment this week we're studying with high schoolers and I'm sitting with a few high schoolers and we um, we do a study where we just ask a bunch of questions. We all take turns, we ask like thirty questions, and then we all just share those questions. And one of them was we are we reading the story of Gideon and they're asking the question what who this ball is or Bale.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> depending on who you talk to you know, yeah,
0: strong opinions if it was ball or bail. Um, and so after we decided it was Bale, we started looking up well who is Bale mm-hmm. why is that important. So literally we just like Googled Baal right we just the passage is short we just said well let's just look who it is and one of the kids is reading about Baal's worship in different regions of the world and in different regions they worshiped him differently he was a god of something different and in the region that Gideon is in, he was traditionally the god of precipitation, like rain and dew, oh, which man. I never knew this. And a and a 16-year-old kid I was hanging out with said, "Oh, he's the rain. Of, he's they consider him the god of of rain, so he would control the rain and the dew." And he said, "That's a weird thing to be the god of." Not if you're reading a story where the someone video. someone's asking someone to control the dew, right? Yeah. I, I never knew this. That's this is amazing. Yesterday I learned this from a 16-year-old because we just stopped and said, let's just like get into this. I'm like, that story is so much richer knowing Gideon is actually just saying, otherwise it's a weird story, right? Yeah. He's saying, make this fleece dewy. <laughs> and
2: you're like, why pick that?
0: And then you go, well, of course he's picking that because he's showing the people your God actually doesn't do this, right? And because we have yeah. uh, we've been reading through for a few years the Bible slowly like this with these guys and these um, high schoolers said oh, this is like the plagues when God came and showed them that like all their gods weren't really real right Mm -hmm. or powerful like God actually has power over all these things and they said it's like God just keeps showing us that he actually has power over everything even the do like what a what a moment because we just took time to think about the context and we've taken time to just kind of know our Bible a little bit yeah. and that's Richard that otherwise that story my whole life has been like that's kind of weird that he did
1: the fleece thing yeah. that's like that reminds me another practical thing that's always been encouraging like you'd mentioned when you see a theme or an event to look through so wilderness yeah where is that what the one like that what it's God showing his authority uh, it makes me think of in, um, when Jesus calms the or after he feeds the 5,000 and he calms the wind and the waves he's showing authority over nature and that he's the one that provides the bread of life Mm. kind of those signs of exodus again calling back into mind and the disciples don't understand and he goes oh you still don't understand He's like, I'm showing you that I'm God through these signs, but you're missing it Yeah, because they weren't quite there yet. But it's just really interesting. He's Again, he's showing I'm the God of the Exodus. Mm-hmm. Through what I'm doing, look at me having authority over this. Yeah, yeah. But Tracing those themes really helps us see the biblical storyline in those ways and make those connections. Yeah. And that, I think, sparks a lot of Bible reading for, for me. I know it does when I do that. And Just stop a simple definition and then look it up and Google Google search or Bible study tools.com and oh, wow, that's what that is. Or a Bible dictionary and it, mm-hmm. it can just unlock
0: so much of. And being the really passage, okay. Um, I think being okay with like, I'm going to stop and read this. It's okay. that I don't know this. I think I, I, I get stuck in this. I, it's humbling that I'm sitting with a 16 year old and I should, and I'm a pastor. I should know that Baal in that region was the God of dew, but I don't. And that actually like significantly changes that passage. It's another place where God says, "I'm bigger and I have power over this thing," and it's not Baal actually. So you should be worshiping me again. And also saying, "What does it say about God?" and not just saying, "Let's talk about Gideon and how we can be mm-hmm. Gideon." I think. Mm-hmm. Well, let's keep moving. I get excited about this. This is so mm-hmm. good. Um, are there some other ways that you found that are really helpful as we get into into the Bible study as we enter in to think yeah. about?
2: Uh, yeah talking about Jen Wilkin, but she mentions um, kind of, she calls it her five P's of study. And one is study with purpose, study with perspective, study with patience, study with process, and study with prayer. Uh, And that's been something that I've tried to remind myself of. uh, And we've kind of been touching on some of these, but studying with purpose, keeping the Bible's overarching message in view at all times, helping us to decide where this fits into God's overall narrative. Um, And the perspective part, what is the particular framework uh, for the portion of Scripture I'm studying? Uh, It's kind of related to the purpose one. I think one of the biggest ones for me is the study with patience that that requires effort and that I will get frustrated and I will not understand everything that I'm reading but to have grace with yourself and saying studying the Bible isn't effortless like I have to put in study to it and that's very normal and everyone comes up uh, to that challenge too. So so saying I'm not just stupid or I don't know this like other people do. Yeah. Give and it me doesn't, yourself
0: credit. Like there'd never be a point where you just are, like, have reached the pinnacle of, yeah. you know, of the, I think even as a, even if someone was a biblical professor, has a doctorate in mm-hmm. New Testament, they st- still, I would hope they'd come to it and there'd be new, yeah.
1: the right. spirits can do new things right. and they have these moments mm-hmm.
0: where they can't believe Baal was a the God of the doom, yeah. you like, yeah. which is what was one of the incredible things about scripture is that you get to keep waiting for those moments. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Kind yeah unlocks those.
2: Um, Studying with process, that one's not just reading the text, but owning it. Um, She talks about kind of the three areas she asks herself questions in. Comprehension, what is this passage saying? Uh, Interpretation, what does it mean? And then application, how should it change me? How do I apply this to my life? Mm -hmm. Um, Paul and I, and through LDI and classes we've taken, another way to talk about it is observe, interpret, integrate, and apply. Um, Mm -hmm. Observations. That's the part kind of you were saying of just all these questions or circling. What does this mean? Or um, I know it's really helpful for me. It can get challenging with the pronouns in Bible passages. Who's this him and he? And is this yeah. the same one? Or what does this mean? Um, interpret. Yeah. What does this mean? Looking. I like to tie in interpret and integrate to me or kind of combine the integrate of, okay, what other passages touch on what this is saying? Yeah. If I'm in the New Testament, what does the Old Testament say about this? And then the apply portion. Um, and lastly, study with prayer, that it isn't just an intellectual pursuit. That's the other pitfall I can get in when I start to get excited about, oh, my gosh, I'm learning this and this. And it can quickly sometimes become just how do I gain more info and learn more and less about um, how is how am I letting the, God's word really change my heart and not just storing up knowledge. Uh, I don't think that's going to do much good, but letting what God's saying really change me and meditate on what his word says um, kind of thing. And depending on
0: personality and history for yourself, you'd probably lean one one way or the other, right? You'd want to just go and say, I'm going to read this and then God make me feel a certain way so I do things. Or you'd say, let's just all day ask questions and dig into the history of this. So you'd have to think through personally which one do you tend to go towards and then make sure you're intentional about the other part of it so you get like a more I can see, you see that in like a small group setting. Some people are excited to read the past and they go like, okay, we shouldn't, jesus talked to satan that way we shouldn't we should not follow satan you're like well let's slow down before you just mm-hmm. so you don't follow satan that's true but let's like let's dig into this because you're going to miss actually a lot of things maybe god's going to do as you yeah. study it yeah that's those are really helpful and is there you got one more right you just talk about
2: uh i think that's less awesome, that. studying it, the study yeah. prayer on prayer yeah yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah those are really helpful all right um, and then in order to do these, I know in your class you had uh, opportunity opportunity to think through um, how spiritual disciplines connect to this. I don't know if we always even connect those things in that spiritual disciplines are disciplines in order to help us. Better understand Scripture and connect to God, which is part of that. Is understand Scripture. So I like that you connect that. So share with me, kind of what what are um, spiritual disciplines and how what would be what are those what would be helpful for us in this?
1: Yeah, we uh, we actually have read a book. here at Hope, I think through LDI. I think we do it on off-road as well. It's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, written by a guy named uh Whitney. And he he talks about the ones with scripture are meditation, memorization, uh, and journaling. And those are kind of the disciplines that we do. And he points out different places in the Bible. For example, Psalm one, a man is blessed who who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. Um but I think it helps to just have an illustration. I actually had a friend Your Trek 1 intern, Dan, was just describing to me how cold-pressed coffee works. And so when you make a hot cup of coffee, you're kind of speeding up the brewing process and you're burning the sugars uh, in the coffee and it, it actually makes it more acidic. But when you do cold press coffee, um, you're taking a slow time with a slow temperature and you're allowing that time and temperature change to switch off from the hot coffee. And you actually end up then leaving behind not the acid, but the sugar. So cold press coffee comes out, uh, because it takes more time leaving behind a sweetness that the fast, the the hot press or the, you know, hot coffee doesn't leave us with. And it's often that way with studying the scriptures. Um, so the meditation, the the memorization and the journaling, uh, like Maddie mentioned sometimes it is just sitting on three verses and really stewing Mm -hmm. on those Um, another example I use is like tea and the hot water, we have to leave it so that the flavor gets in um, so meditation is kind of the, and this is actually any time that we spend a long time with God's word, that's where we see really mm-hmm. transformative change. And we get left with that sweet and delicious aftertaste, <laughs> like the cold <laughs> press coffee, you know, so meditation is the absorption of scripture. That's just reading and hearing, but, but it's actually that sitting with it, uh, that leads to that experience with God and that transformation of life. Whitney says, uh, when we come to the Bible. So memorization does that. Um, journaling does that and in, in, uh, in meditation so i that was funny for me because when i learned meditation i thought you just go empty your mind and think but christian meditation is actually fill your brain with the scriptures mm. and then think about it think about you think about god and really dig deep into that so it's chewing on that scripture and letting it get into us uh,
0: instead, of em- instead
1: of emptying yourself mm-hmm. right it's actually f- filling yourself with, right yeah which is very different memorization uh, has been life-changing for me I, I uh, memorized Ephesians 1 in a really hard place in my faith walk and that has changed so much for me and just my ability to know and trust God when life is hard because I know that he's for me um, what's your
0: like practically quickly? Oh, yeah. what's your practice to meditate to memorize like are you a
1: guy who just reads it and now you know it yeah, typically what I will do is I'll uh, core in a sermon, Pastor Core a long time ago, he would carry a note card around, and I start following that practice. And I'll memorize the passage I want. I'll just recite it, and then I'll try and do it um, from my head instead of reading it. Uh, oftentimes, I'll listen to it a lot, and then repeat it. Um, and then just walking around and doing like different movements to engage your brain actually is really helpful. Uh, but there's also lots of good uh, resources online if you just Google it, memorizing scripture. Yeah. But yeah, those are things that have worked for me and it, it is really life-changing to have God's Word stored up whether you're in a moment of of uh, crisis where you need to seek the Lord or, or you're counseling someone or trying to care for a re- someone in a relationship with you. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really helpful and then the
2: oh sorry I was just going to say something else I've done um, similar to the note card thing but I've actually put it in a Ziploc baggie and taped it up in the shower and oh, as I'm showering like, I mean it's like 10 minutes what else are I going to do so I just start looking at it yeah. or whatever and trying yeah. to memorize um, also I've I like to uh, sometimes in the car a couple months ago I was just all week just repeat Roman 6 I just get back mm-hmm. listen to it back as I'm driving yeah. um kind of for memorization and meditation and um, I think just letting yourself rethink to what times with God can look like, because I think I came from uh, an idea that I had to read my Bible for one chapter, for an hour, journal half that time, and that's what a quiet time was, but kind of letting yourself, um, all week that's all I did. I just repeat, listen to it, repeat, listen to it, and kind of think, how does this, how does God ask me to apply this to my life, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, with, with technology we have great opportunities. The amount of time I listen to Podcasts or music in my car, or stuff that isn't always even that encouraging. It's just kind of like to fill. I don't want a quiet car, but if you had, if you, you can listen to free apps that have scripture
1: on yeah. them over yeah. and over. That yeah. you can pick like cool British accents and things, <laughs> and listen to them over. Yeah. <laughs> over <laughs> a good point. and because with all of these, I think just to encourage people. Find what works best for you. Okay. The other one, journaling, is that's oftentimes just sitting with one verse. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, you can sit with one verse for. A week, a month, and yeah. because, like you said earlier, Drew, God's word cannot be exhausted. We're always finding new um, and beautiful things from it, like the Gideon story.
0: And and you mentioned um, this a little bit, but I just want to even like highlight it. I think not only this often, as we talk about it, which is right, I think about how it affects us and our relationship with God. But you mentioned a little bit. I think this also, as you do this more, God uses it to help other people know him too. And the amount of yeah. times that I've been reading a passage, uh, like Ephesians is one I often go back to. Those are very encouraging to me and challenging. So I'm reading Ephesians two and I, it's really impacting me. And I'm reading like two over and over for like a week, I'll read the same chapter. And then how many times that week I run into someone and something from Ephesians two is like, right, right there. They say something, and I go like, Oh my goodness, you know, you're not, you know, you're not dead. Right? Like, you're alive, though. Like that death isn't doesn't have a hold of you anymore, mm-hmm. because of Christ. And and there's this like confidence in it, because I've like really been soaking in it that uh, you think how, how unreal is that That's really and then you cool. think well of course it happens because God knows that I've been soaking in that and he's gonna and there's people that I'm gonna run into that need to hear the word and they're never gonna open the scripture themselves so I get to come and bring the word to them uh, in a way which I it's just a I think it's a very important part of of us thinking about great f- fulfilling the great commission is that we actually come kind of already soaked right with that yeah. we get to bring that foretaste of the kingdom, and and you can't do that just by saying like pithy, nice things, right? right. I want those to be like powerful from the word. And uh, that's something I mean, and both of you are people who I see do that and done that. I mean, encouraged me in that. And I think, and that's just only because you've done the work to be in it, right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep moving. There's more things to talk about here. Um, so if we're ready to study the Bible for ourselves, um, then how do we get to that step of like using it to change, actually change our lives? Not just we studied a lot, but now what do we do with that?
2: Yeah. Uh, the verse that I've kind of looked at this, um, that talks about using the Bible as a mirror. Uh, yeah. is James 1, 22 through 27. Um, I'll just read it really quick. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard but doing it they will be blessed in what they do and that's been an encouragement but also a challenge to me Um, and I think one thing is just checking your heart posture of how you come to the Bible Um, like for me I lead a sm- help lead a small group, and in my times of preparing I've had to check myself like am I letting this actually read me and God's word show me what's in my heart that I need to change or that I need to trust him in or am I just coming to it to take those takeaways and this cool stuff and share it with other people but not actually letting it change my heart so I guess one question is when you're reading scripture are you letting it read your heart and really where you're at Um, and we kind of just came up with a list of a couple questions to ask yourself in that apply step of reading scripture. A couple of those are, does this text reveal something I should believe about God? It's um, something, I guess, for me, like, am I not believing something about God that this scripture is saying is true mm-hmm. of Him? Um, does this text reveal something I should praise or thank or trust God for? Um, does this text reveal something I should pray about for myself or others? And the last one, does this text reveal something I should have a new attitude about? Um I wanna figure out one more. Does this text reveal something I should make a decision about? Um, yeah. Those are kind of some questions we like to ask ourselves to um and just make sure that you're
0: asking we're starting with like, what does it say about who God is? Which could you yeah. could take, just you could just ask that question and you'd have a pretty great time. I don't know if "greats" the word. You'd have a faithful, yeah. <laughs> successful, and then you're asking after that, what does it say about people, us and others? And then what is this? So then, what are we doing with this? Which uh, that for uh, for a long time that has that is that is the. Uh, typically all I do and I, I never I, I don't even get through all that I often have to say like I gotta stop writing down stuff about what this says about God because I'm not yeah. going to get to the other yeah. as you could if you once you to start asking that question everything you read is going to have stuff about who God is and then it's going to like bleed into oh that means this about me now um, uh, and then you don't have to you don't necessarily need to go out and buy like a bunch of devotionals or questions from other people you could ask that question yeah. that's really helpful those are really yeah,
2: another big part in that is to make sure you're in community, with just in general, because I know I need to be held accountable to the things that I'm reading in Scripture and say... If I can tell somebody else, like, this is what I've been reading and I've been convicted of this, or this is how I want to take a step in my faith, uh, I really need help from other people to hold me accountable to that and to ask me about it, and when I hit discouragement, they can continue to encourage me in that. Um, yeah, just the, the importance in community in general as we walk in our Christian life and continue to apply God's Would you say God's that's a, kind of a non-negotiable?
0: That... Because um, most of this discussion has could sound like hey, you should get your Bible and like go sit somewhere or yeah. or walk around and do actions or whatever you're talking about, Paul. You're <laughs> memorizing, right? <laughs> it could sound like that, but we also would. I hope we would say that. I mean the the plan for the great commission is like churches like helping people know Jesus and communities coming together. So talk a little bit more about that. Like, what is that? I'm guessing you'd say that's not negotiable. You have to be in community. Talk more of like, even if you have personally, how that's how that's affected you to be with people doing this and maybe some of the dangers we could see happening if we don't, don't do that.
1: Yeah, I think, One of the huge uh, benefits I see in community, even just thinking about my small group, is the different perspectives that are offered and the different reads uh, can really help us to round out our view of the scriptures. Um, Because I might be reading a passage a little bit incorrectly, and have a brother or sister say, here's what I'm seeing from that, and it gets me back online with what God is saying. And, and if I don't have that, I'm easily able to deceive myself and thinking that I have this perfectly understood. But I might be missing something huge about God, that then I would change how I respond to it. So that's that's been a huge one for me. Um, the other thing with the community piece that I found uh, that we have is just responding specifically. So let's say I am read a passage about the patience of God, and it convicts me that I'm very impatient. And I say to my community, uh, let's say an accountability time for a small group, I wanna be more patient with my wife. The cool thing about being in community is they won't let me just leave that there. They'll say, yeah. well, how are you going to do that? And get through the real practical of like, oh, you're going to stop getting frustrated at this thing that happens. Or mm-hmm. you're going to acknowledge that Jesus was really patient with you. Mm-hmm. And you want to show that with others. Um, and then they can ask me again later next week, like, hey, how's that going? Yeah, uh, And it just keeps me on track with walking with Christ. And, and like Maddie said, like seeking that growth.
0: Yeah. And even, I mean, uh, you, you teach in this class, it isn't that you have like, uh, you've reached some pinnacle. Right. You two have just learned some things. Actually just sounds like read other books from other, learned from other believers, some things that they found helpful from other people. Um, I'm sure in their books, they quote other people. And you found that and from experience. And you're just saying, why don't we get together for six weeks and talk about some things we've learned that maybe can help you. Um, ultimately, that could happen in your small, Group right, or with just sharing with friends what you're learning, um, which is really important. I mean that otherwise, like you said, you get really quickly stuck in one thing, or you always read one thing into every passage, um, and then that then we all like are heretics everywhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's really dangerous. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but you have great people to help encourage you in that. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. when I feel like I'm in kind of a lull in this area of reading scripture, I have friends who can ask me, and even sometimes encourage me in what they're reading, um, which helps me, you kind of can give other people. Sometimes I need like kind of to be fed through other people's interaction with scripture too, which is really helpful. Even today doing this, I think is encouraging for us to talk about that. All right. As we kind of wrap up, I love to just hear, uh, generally, I mean, you have the opportunity here to do this. And, um, and I think even the practice of like helping people better study scripture I'm assuming God has impacted you. So I'd love to just hear how God has uh, impacted each of you as you had the opportunity to do this, um, before we, before we have to sign off here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, just, um, some things that have been really encouraging is, like you said, learning from others just different ways that they're getting in the Scriptures. Um, and then pausing to see, like like you were mentioning too, just the ways that God uses it to help you care for other people. I think one thing that strikes me as we're even talking is, like you kind of know people that spend a lot of time in God's Word because they just have a... Um, uh, a way about them of, of approaching you and, and uh, but but with that I think in, in this conversation um, it can be challenging if you're struggling in a season of, of with God's word and I just want to encourage people um, that it's God who helps us read his word and even in that Matthew 4 passage it's Jesus fighting on our behalf and resisting temptation for us and then we get God through faith, and that going to God's Word is an act of faith, and we ask in trust for help to read it, like Maddie said, with the, with prayer, and uh, and that we can, yeah, like you said, rely on community. So that's been something that's just been really cool, is like seeing the power and, and beauty of God's Word, and then how that changes us and changes our relation to others, It's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's good. How about you, Maddie?
2: Yeah, I think for me... Um Realizing the like depth of God's word, like being just amazed at like, you know, you can read in numbers about the snakes coming for the Israelites and how they had to raise up a snake on a stick and look to the snake to be saved, just as with us, like we look to Jesus raised up on the cross to save us. And I'm agreeing like, that this year, I'm like Psh. What? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. like totally yeah. to that? Like totally put into that? Like, oh my gosh, that's in there. And mm-hmm. yeah, I guess just having my eyes open to the genius of God more, and just, um, yeah, how much there is in His Word, and just having a ke- more curiosity for the Word. Um, and remembering that from this class, I think has been helpful when I hit the seasons of but I'm not really feeling that. To Jeez. just remember, um, yeah, kind of what I learned in this season too you
0: <laughs> that's really good um, let's uh, I want to share some of these resources that would be really helpful do you have uh, mentioned again maybe some of the ones you mentioned but also if there's any other resources that are helpful for people in this I think especially if you could hear this and say yeah I want to do this what's a step and sometimes just even engaging in some of these might help you continue so wh- you had the Jen Wilkins what's the name of that yeah. book again? Uh, Jen Wilkins Women of
2: the Word, Women of the Word. Um, that's a really really good one uh, also we learned about in trek one um the it's called it's not an app but it's called bible web app it's a website uh that's another really good one has a lot of resources and then i also mentioned the bible project their videos and they have more than just like books of the bible videos they even have like covenants like a video about covenants and, and they an have, atonement yeah have
1: some a lot of really stuff. good videos yeah
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah I would add uh, uh, Bible study tools mm-hmm. um, or just find a good Bible dictionary that's one I love um, a study Bible can really help especially one that tells like the biblical theology or that that grander mm-hmm. story kind of in the, in the um, study Bible section uh, uh, any app that's a daily reading plan app and, and that will that can become burdensome at times and there is times I will admit because that's something I do every year that there's just days that it's a struggle, so I might even let a couple of days build up and then do yeah. like a longer read session. Um, but yeah, one that I use is called I think Daily Thirty Five, but there's ESV U version I think has that as well um, plans. Uh, yeah, all kinds of really cool stuff. A lot of good resources online as well, mm-hmm. not to mention your community.
0: Mm-hmm. I was say, I, I think that's a huge, for, for me, that's been really helpful to just even tell people, I, I want to get in the Word, I do but I don't know what to do, or I'm kind of in a lull. To have people praying for you and even encouraging you, or even saying, oh, I'm reading through Matthew, you should do that, we should do it together, or text me passages. I think we, uh, it can be, it can feel like a, a shameful thing. And, shouldn't we should be able to encourage each other because we're all gonna be in those for up at our house uh, we read the Jesus storybook Bible kind of always on a loop and that has been significant in my well, still significant because it is a really great way to hear a lot of the basics of major bible stories and at the end they give you a great little paragraph about it connects to Jesus and you might find yourself hypothetically like crying in your bed at night <laughs> Just read your kid the story That's and they cool. don't know why dad's crying I mean there th- those are some of the resources that i found yeah. have really actually helped shape my, when I'm reading like the Bible and I've just read the Jesus Storybook Bible yeah. and I think, oh, this helped me to step back and say like, in the end, how does this remind me of how good Jesus is? Let's, I don't want to get stuck on the details.
2: Even though I don't have kids, I got that, the Jesus Storybook Bible last year for Christmas
0: because i was reading awesome. it and I'm like, this is awesome. And I and want myself I'm one of these. currently sitting in my office with a <laughs> box of 20 of them that's amazing. And, and then a box of so they have a Uh, one without pictures that just looks like a devotional so when you're an adult you don't have to look like you're here on a children's (laughs) ride That's just the text and I still think it's one of the most helpful for me it just in the end it reminds me who Jesus is and how good he is and that really in the end is what we need to be reminded of it's just oh it's just so sweet Um, thank you two very much for this thank you for the time you've spent preparing this and helping others and and honestly praying that people would be encouraged by this and more people if you want to Uh, have more questions or talk I'm guessing Maddie and Paul would both be excited to chat more with you about this Um, this is something we want people to be able to do and in community Um, thanks for listening to the podcast Uh, check out our other episodes on all sorts of topics um, and continue listening we have lots of new things coming up also check out our sermon uh, podcast if you're interested in those Uh, thanks for listening you can always check out hopecc.com for more of what's happening here at Hope Community Church